0: Oh, hi, it's Jason Klom, your co-host. This week, I am on my own, but on the phone. I have with me Charles Stevenson, a.k.a. Howie, from the episode Daydream. Thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Oh, thank you. It's a great opportunity.
0: I, okay, so here's the thing is, I I knew that once uh, I dug through your IMDb, uh, I'd be, you know, I mean, I I knew you've done a lot. I've seen you in a million things, Um your, your career on IMDB, anyway, it goes back to 1982, but I'm assuming you've been doing it for longer than that, or am I wrong?
1: <laughs> Not much longer. I didn't start till I was 48. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Holy cow. <laughs> what, what got you started in acting at 48?
1: Well, I have, prior to that, I had been uh, associated with the hospital ship Hope that carried medical training around the world. With volunteer doctors, so like uh, Doctors Without Borders do today. Wow. But it was on a great white hospital ship, and it was very dramatic, and it was very effective. The ship would sail into ports where they hated America, and it did just wonderful things for PR for our country. But anyway, I had worked with them for years, and the ship got beyond repair, and the uh, the drama of the project sort of went with it. So one day I got a call from a friend who was a director of the Waltons and he said, uh, I've got a part for you if you're still at Liberty. <laughs> 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 that got me my sag card. He was doing the Waltons at the time. So wow. it just worked out that way. I had no designs on being an actor really. I always loved the idea of it, but it wasn't in my uh, immediate scope of things to do. Yeah, and it just fell in my lap.
0: Uh that's amazing! What year was that then?
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, well, I got it had to be 79, 1979, 79. That's when I got my SAG card. Okay, and I got it because of that. So that's that tells crazy. me. 1979.
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's what's funny is you've done so much work that IMDb has screwed up and not even put the Waltons on it. So you've done so much work that there's stuff that's just... <laughs> they have they just have missed it because you've... I can't even count the number of things you've got on here. And Well, you, it's
1: 103. 103.
0: Well, there you go. You did it. You did the math. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Are
1: 103 you, uh, titles, but it's 150 shows. Of course, they, they only... Uh, rate you by how many shows you've been on. If you did 25 episodes of General Hospital, that shows up as one job.
0: That's funny. That's really weird.
1: It's actually about 150 if you count in eight years on Will and Grace. Yeah. It shows up as one credit. (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) That's so funny to me. Yeah, you, you were mentioning that that's the thing that people do probably know you best for. Obviously, people who listen to this podcast are very, uh, like me, weirdly very specific, and they have their one show that they love the most, which is news radio. And Daydream is actually, uh, when we talk to people, one of their favorite episodes. So there's no doubt in my mind uh, people are going to instantly know who Howie is when I mention Howie. Uh, So... Uh, and I, and I love that the second I brought it up, you're like, yeah, no, I know what the episode is. How do you, honest to goodness, how do you keep this stuff straight in your head after that many, that many jobs?
1: Well, well you have an emotional attachment to every job. It, uh, I don't think I've forgotten any of them. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if I did. Wow. Uh, as an actor, you, you become emotionally involved in it. And uh, it stays with you.
0: You know, that's the answer you hope to hear. But most people sometimes like, no, nah, it's just another job. I love knowing that that's, that's the reason that it matters that much to you. Uh, um, let's start here. Uh, I mean, you know, whenever we ask people, hey, how did you get the job? It's usually, well, I auditioned, of course. But um, I'm assuming, is that is that how you got the job on news radio?
1: Yes, it certainly is.
0: Uh, so you were you were sent in for this part of Howie, and then are for for that a part with only maybe you know a couple lines of dialogue. Were you there for the table read at all?
1: Uh, I don't believe so. I don't think that was necessary. Mm-hmm. The part was just sort of incidental to the scene, and uh, they probably had someone else read the lines of Howie at the table read.
0: Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh. When you showed up, how familiar were you with news radio at the time? Because I some some actors. Oh, very. Yeah, you were. Oh, okay I
1: love the show. Yeah, I was so tickled to have a shot at being on it. I loved that show, and uh, everybody that was part of it, and it was a great pleasure to be included.
0: Do you uh do you have any specific um was there anybody who stood out did you were you aware of Phil Hartman before he was on News Radio
1: Very much so Yeah Phil was quite popular by then he was an institution already Yeah So I was thrilled to have a chance to interact with him even in such a small way It was a great pleasure and I remember looking forward to it uh, with great anticipation, a chance to be in a scene with Phil. Yeah, he has stood out in my mind very prominently.
0: Uh, what? Uh, so you show up, you you go through rehearsal, all that good stuff. Um, I I want to know, since you obviously are as invested as any good actor is in their part, the uh, I, I want to know what what you thought of Howie when you first read him.
1: Oh, I thought it was. Uh, again, looking forward to doing it with great anticipation. The whole scene was so unique Mm -hmm. and uh, offered so many opportunities for the whole cast to really show their stuff. Mm -hmm. And and then Howie comes in and brings everything back to reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still in the, the haze of the heat hallucinations uh, it just offered all kinds of uh, prospects, and uh, I look forward to doing it with great anticipation. And another interesting thing, there was none of the this, uh, stage fright that usually anticipates uh, everything you do. Every actor experiences that I think I mm-hmm. certainly do, but before this, it literally was not even existent it looked like such fun and to be with those people it was a sure delight from beginning to end
0: do you you know can i tell you it's one of the things on rewatching this part um <laughs> and it's one of the reasons they clearly gave it to you he's he's got how he has this sort of Oh my goodness, I don't know, it's a very, um, it's a weirdly, sadly dramatic arc where his fantasy is, of course, that everybody in the station remembers his name, they all remember details about his life, and the second he's pulled out of it, they don't know his name, they don't want to get a snack, and you've just got to sadly walk away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) didn't make a sale.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you... (laughs) You're playing, you know. You've got to play two different motivations, and you know it's maybe it's rather brief. But I, I want to know what kind of head headspace you get in when you're doing something like this.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm also suffering from heat uh, overexposure, uh-huh. and I'm clinging to my little piece of reality <laughs> <laughs> to keep me from drifting off the way the rest of them have, <laughs> and, and of course. Um, I'm trying to make a living, <laughs> and these folks are my regulars, and I even saved Phil his favorite snack, <laughs> but can't make a sale no matter what. So that's one motivation. The other is just to uh, have an opportunity to check in with my friends there that I see every day, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of different motivations in that little brief minute that i'm there. <laughs> mhm. Yeah.
0: He's like kind um, of uh he's kind of a low grade um, oh my goodness now i've entirely forgotten the name of the movie. That doesn't really help if i can't remember the name of the movie. Uh, <laughs> shoot, the movie where he's caught up in his own fantasies all day. Uh, oh my and they remade it. Uh, Mr. Holy Crap What is wrong with my brain sir I ab-
1: <laughs> Welcome to the club
0: Right you know It's uh, son of- it's too warm I'm going to blame the heat It's a deadly yeah, hot out go. today It is appropriately too hot to think straight <laughs> Today uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty He's kind of a low grade Walter Mitty That's what I'm thinking
1: Yes yes a good comparison <laughs> That's very good uh, But I attribute it more to the fact that uh, you're having trouble coming up with Walter Mitty. I have trouble coming up with things, too, but I blame mine on the fact that I'll be 90 in three weeks.
0: You'll be 90 <laughs> in three weeks. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And a, and a yeah. hell of a career so far. I uh, yeah. What's the the most recent thing you did was, was Will & Grace, right?
1: Oh, that lasted eight years. Right. You bet.
0: Yeah, eight years. Yeah. My goodness.
1: I hated to see that go away. I'm that sure. It was such a delightful show and a delightful cast. And I have a, a great pride in having been on that show considering what they did for the uh, gay community. Yeah, uh, I don't happen to be gray nor gay nor do uh, any other members of the cast except for one. Mm-hmm. And everyone is so proud of what we were able to contribute. If you think back 11 years ago, what it was like to be gay in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, you couldn't get married, and you couldn't do all kinds of things. And our show knocked down so many of those barriers. Yeah. And uh, I, I have personal pride in it, and I know the rest of the crew does too. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: As you should. As you should. That's huge. Did you ever think, after you're doing all that important stuff... Uh, You know, uh, helping people get medical care I mean, which is obviously It's one of those things that is kind of immediately obvious I think that you're doing a good Did you ever think it was going to happen That you get into acting And that you might actually be involved in something That makes a difference?
1: Well, i tell you what When we moved to L.A. in 1964 Mm -hmm. uh, We bought a house about six blocks From the motion picture home And hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was right there, and I used to drive by it all the time, just going to the store. Mm -hmm. And I would always think, in 1964, wouldn't it be nice to be part of that? And it was kind of a wistful, longing sensation, Mm -hmm. but based in no reality. I wasn't an actor and had no prospects of being an actor. But the fact that it was right there in front of me all the time. Uh, made it always be kind of prominent in my mind. And being so jealous of those folks, they can actually live there if they want to. You're right. they can actually get medical care there if they're eligible. And those were always wistful, in the back of my head thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, but never thinking I'd be part of it.
0: Sure. And then once you did, I mean... to to be in, like I said, to be involved in something that's making a difference, uh, but doing it through comedy is, uh, I think it's unusual. It's pretty unusual.
1: Yes, I agree. And the writers of Will and Grace were just brilliant. There was a scene where a member of the cast actually died. And they had to do an episode where it's a memorial to this dead part of the show. Yeah. And at the same time, write a sitcom right now, there's a challenge for you if you're a writer oh,
0: for sure. I mean, they had to but do it on news radio it too
1: off. They had a very, very sensitive scene with Megan Mullally mm-hmm. uh, saying goodbye to the dead person mm-hmm. and it was very touching, very moving, and of course, Megan is as great an actress as you're gonna find mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time, the rest of the show was a hilarious sitcom. Right, and they pulled it off.
0: You know, it's interesting. You know, you, that you bring that up, it, it makes sense. You've been involved with two shows that had to do that because news radio had to do the same thing after Phil Hartman was murdered. So
1: exactly right.
0: Yeah, it's a challenge to to keep yeah. being funny after all that. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of life, right? A little bit. You got to try and keep being funny uh, after dealing with you know a bunch of crap over and over again. <laughs> You know, that's, yep. that's kind of our existence. You know, it, it, I, I it just occurred to me, so I'm looking at your IMDb again real quick, and I, I had seen this but forgotten it, so two credits before your episode of News Radio, you're in the Sergeant Bilko movie uh, oh, yeah. as a priest. It looks like you've been a priest about a million <laughs> times. How many times have you been a priest?
1: 55. Holy Yeah, uh, we counted it one day. It's, that's wow. actually what got me going. Yeah? I did it. A priest role early in my career, mm-hmm. and uh, people would see it on my resume, and they're looking for a minister or something. Say, hey, this guy's been a priest. Let's use him. Oh my and, gosh! <laughs> that I worked fifty-five times. Fifty-five. General Hospital. I married, buried, uh, christened, and baptized almost every member of the Quartermain family. Oh. <laughs> so, That's
0: phenomenal. That is so yeah. good. Uh, Do you remember, the? were you in a, because I can't remember the Bilko movie off the top of my head too well. I'm a huge fan of the original show, but the movie, uh, are you in any scenes with Phil Hartman in that? Because you're at least in two things with
1: Phil Hartman. Uh, I can't answer that. Okay. Uh, It's probably very likely, because uh, what happens in the Bilko movie, unlike the regular series, is Bilko's trying to get married all the way through the movie. Yeah, And something screws it up, of course, every single time he's trying to get married, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. And I'm the long-suffering minister trying to get him married. That's right. And, and it doesn't come about until the very end of the show. We finally get him married. And so- Phil Hartman is undoubtedly in those scenes because uh, Bilko's whole platoon would come turn out for the wedding it didn't happen. <laughs>
0: there we go. Okay. See, I couldn't remember yeah. the plot. I was so excited for that movie. Uh, it was an okay movie, but I love Phil Hartman, and there's some great bits in it, but I love the original series. Did you watch the original series? I know we're going Oh, you to bet. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. But there was only one Phil Silvers.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I don't think the the people that were fans of the old TV show... They didn't want to see anybody doing Phil Silvers except Phil
0: Silvers. I know. You, you know, it was so funny is after that happened, a, a few, at least me, I was like, well, wait, why wasn't Phil Hartman Phil Silvers? Because he he, his Bilko impression is very good. Uh, I, I bet. It was phenomenal. I was just like, well, that would have been a perfect Bilko. Uh, but yes.
1: Yes. Such he a good would film. have.
0: Such a good job. Ju- I'll, 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 honestly, if I was to do another podcast about a TV show, I would probably talk about Bilko, but that was when they were doing 40 episodes of a TV show every year, and I don't know how they did that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. I, I remember being up against Ron Howard's father for the role of the minister, and of course, Ron Howard was a, an institution even by then Yeah. in, a, in the way of a producer, <laughs> and I used to go to auditions against Rance, who was the father, mm-hmm. and he'd go in ahead of me on his audition, and I could hear through the door, Rance, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering what I'm doing there. <laughs> but but uh, we were good friends, and once in a while I would beat him out. I beat him out for Bilko, and I beat him out for six feet under, but the rest of the time, he, he beat me out.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I love that there was reverend competition. That is one of my favorite yeah. things. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they,
1: even though I got the minister part that we were both up for, which was such a major part in the film, uh, he, they still gave him another part
0: sure. I mean, of course. Of course he did. He,
1: he was Father of the Bride. Uh, oh, yeah, that's
0: right. Uh,
1: my uh-huh. goodness.
0: Oh, I uh, I'm gonna, I, I may have to revisit that movie. I, I'll ha- maybe have to uh, watch it again. Uh, so for your time on, on Newsrate, are there any... Because sometimes there aren't, so don't feel bad if there isn't. Do anything pop up? Anything you can remember about your time on the set?
1: It's uh, just a, a warm glow. That's the best way I can describe it. Uh-huh. It, was, it was fun and pleasant and uh, exciting. All rolled into one from day one uh, till we were through with it. Uh, I, it stands out vividly in my mind after 150 shows. Uh, that one, as I say, is surrounded by a warm glow. It was such fun to do. And it offered such challenges and uh, rewards. It was very rewarding to have pulled it off.
0: What do you think contributed to that glow, to it feeling like such a good set?
1: Uh, I I know what it was. It was because of the professionalism of the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Going in there from day one, I knew this was going to be a piece of cake because they would provide everything that I needed for my little part. And they did. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much power to to have to walk into a group of people who you've never met or don't really know. And they have to act like they're your best friend. And that does, I mean, that's going to charge you up when you have to play the part.
1: Indeed. Indeed. And, but it felt so real. I felt that I was amongst friends. Yeah. Because... I knew them, you know, <laughs> being a fan of their show <laughs> mm-hmm. made it very exciting to be there.
0: Oh, that's so good. I uh, so um this is something I'm I'm curious about. What's what what is your formal training as an actor? Is it just being on set a bunch? Did you did you fall into it or do you do you have any formal training?
1: Uh from my school days, I had a lot of training in uh and my high school, which is Piedmont High School up in the Bay Area, and we had a wonderful drama coach, and uh, she used me in all the school plays. Mm-hmm. And in the senior play, which, of course, is the culmination of it all, I was the star of senior play. Mm-hmm. And not only that, our class was so big, they had to have two different casts for the senior play. Wow! And I was the lead in both of them.
0: So, oh my goodness
1: I, I think it was partly because i'd had a lot of experience in the previous plays and the acting coach knew me and partly because the role called for someone who could play the guitar mm-hmm. and i was the only one that could play the ah. guitar <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. what were the shows what were the names of the shows that you did
1: it was called Howdy Stranger. Howdy I Stranger. I was supposed to be a singing cowboy. Oh, my God. And who of course, was no cowboy at all. <laughs> so I show up on stage wearing chaps and nothing under them. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any better. That's
0: hilarious. Oh, my so God! It was
1: fun. And uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh-huh. Clint Eastwood was in my uh, school. And I think he saw me act before I ever saw him act. Because wow! He undoubtedly came to see the senior play and would have seen me, and then he, he later became the legend of Hollywood. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's got to be a strange thing. So you're you're probably well into your career, uh, you know, d- doing you know all this important stuff to keep people alive, and then there's you get to you see somebody from your school. Up there as a Western star, and you know, <laughs> staring at the camera—that's got to be a weird thing because I've never had anybody famous from my high school show up in in anything. So that's that's a weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it <laughs> was. I had to be a little bit jealous. <laughs> sure, I, I mean, be a lot jealous. <laughs>
0: do you, Do you think deep down was it was there like I I think I need to act, but you just didn't know how to make that happen. Was that were you just like that's not realistic? when I was in high school well after that you know once you've got your other career and, and you come to, you come to Hollywood and you're, you're still you're still working in your other stuff but there's a part of you you said that was like maybe I should you know I'm kind of interested in that
1: yeah well that longing at the back of my mind to be part of the motion picture uh, facility right there that I drove by every day yeah that kept it kind of paramount in my mind but I I never expected to do it sure no that was That was ridiculous to even think about that. (laughs) Somebody had to throw you in.
0: (laughs) Somebody had to throw you in with the lions for you to to make it happen, huh?
1: That's exactly right. And that's what my friend, who was the director of the Waltons at the time, did for me. Yeah. That call came out of the blue saying, How would you like to do the Waltons? (laughs) That's
0: remarkable. And the
1: Waltons was very big at that time. Of course. Everybody remembers, Goodnight, John Boy. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. so, what did you play uh, on the Waltons? was a real thrill. And, and today I'm at the head of the list of people who could live at the motion picture home if I wanted to.
0: Oh, yeah, huh? And I
1: have, and I have health insurance there and everything, so that dream came true.
0: That's not too bad. That is not too no. bad. What was the part on the Waltons? What part did you play? I don't think I asked.
1: Oh, a little tiny thing uh my buddy called me and said you're just going to be a bookstore owner okay got a couple of lines so that's what i did
0: <laughs> love it i love it what's your yeah. what's your okay so if if that's your experience and you you do have some audience experience so i guess it's not maybe not that big of a shock but what was it like the first time you had to perform in front of an audience uh, a tv show with an audience
1: well i can't answer that it was probably the first sitcom I ever did. Mm-hmm. Those were the only ones that had live audience. And my son and I, my son's also an actor. He just finished a number of years on comedy central on a show called workaholics. Uh huh. So yeah. between the two of his, his earliest credit was the Jefferson's. So he goes way back from when he was nine years old and he's 51 today. Oh my God. So we have kind of a competition to see who can do the most sitcoms. We love them because of the live audience yeah. and because of the humor. Uh, so I don't know who's ahead right now. We haven't counted lately, but we've both done a hell of a lot of sitcoms, and they're always the most fun. I love them. And people come from all over the world to see how we do sitcoms right? because we're so professional at it, and it always turns out so well. And uh, they send producers over here to see how it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of fun.
0: I'm I'm looking... Okay, so we already know that your IMDb page is still not up to date. So we know that there's some stuff that's missing from early on in your career. The first one I can see that I know for sure had an audience was Designing Women. Is that possible that that was your first sitcom with an audience?
1: It's possible. It doesn't feel right. Okay. I'm, I'm sure i had done some before that, but... It's possible, yeah, and that one that was fun. Uh, I play a doctor, uh, the star lady of the show, the the serious one, mm-hmm. and The tall, good looking one. I don't remember her name. she uh, is bragging to her lady friends that she's got this big, important date. Mm-hmm. and of course, she doesn't have one. <laughs> he has to go out and find one and that's me uh-huh. I to be this famous doctor <laughs> that was it. a lot of fun uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: do you uh does your son have uh boy he doesn't, ha- doesn't i don't see any ministers on his credits so it doesn't it looks like you got him beaten out for a number of priests you've played
1: <laughs> my son yeah
0: yeah has he ever played a priest <laughs>
1: i don't know that he has i'd have to ask
0: <laughs> oh i do see one i do see one he was at least once you got him beat though i think you're doing just fine <laughs> you do just fine
1: well, <laughs> must be hereditary yeah right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, but our niece God. is the famous one do you know cynthia stevenson oh wait yeah she's, she's been the star of one sitcom after another mm-hmm. after another she was men in trees and uh something about Dead Like Me, mm-hmm. uh, she, she had a whole host of shows, that she was the star, and uh, movies, lot, she, the movie The Player with Phil, uh, Pete, uh, Robbins, well, she was uh, his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, and, I've seen her in a billion things, yeah, I, I knew the name yeah. was familiar, but yeah, of course, I had no idea, yeah. that's so funny, well, wow. that's my
1: brother's kid. Wow, wow. <laughs> Yeah, she's the one with all the serious credits so we all say we're related to her yeah of course <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my goodness gracious I, this is just an impressive number of credits for this whole family this is pretty great i love looking That's through right. these i love digging through it um well boy oh boy this has been uh a delight talking to you we we got I'll tell you, more news radio ta- talk than we sometimes do, because sometimes people are just like, ah, uh, I kind of remember this. I'm like, okay. But you're you you you're like, yeah, no, I know my scene. Of course, I'm a professional. What are you talking about? I got my stuff figured out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I Mr. Stevenson, this has been an absolute delight talking with you. Um, uh, I want to know, is there anything, obviously we're living in a time where nobody's making anything, but is there anything that's expected to come out that people should keep an eye out for? That you want to promote? Well, I'm
1: up for a movie. Okay. Uh, by when I say I'm up for a movie, they've submitted me for a movie. Uh-huh. I don't know if anything will come of it. It sure. came through uh, my agent in San Diego, so I'll wait and see if anything comes of that. I probably shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> okay. it's strictly blue sky. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, my friend Megan Mullally is always dragging me into things so, willingly, I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was the host of the SAG Awards show last year. Yeah. And, and, and nothing would do. She should have Smitty with her. I Aww. don't know to this day why she wanted me. I but love she it. did. So uh, in the middle of the SAG Awards, when they're given a nomination award, a nomination award, on and on and on, right in the middle of all of that, she and I do a skit, <laughs> which was not apropos of anything, uh-huh. <laughs> but it broke up the, the routine of nomination, accept, nomination, accept, to have a funny skit right in the middle of it all. I love and it. that was strictly her idea. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, we were supposed to be hugging each other as she's congratulating the winners but the people who got the last award went right through the end of the show. <laughs> we never got to even thank anybody. Oh, my goodness. But, but I was so thrilled to be part of that just because of her. She's She's been a wonderful friend of Smitty's. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay, so remarkable. Thanks.
0: Of course. Thanks
1: for calling me, Jason. I appreciate it very much. Oh, are
0: you kidding? You, you you blew my mind. This has been one of the most fun conversations I've had in a long time. Uh I now now I'm racking my brain. I'm like, how what else can I interview him about uh some sometime? But um I, I will uh, uh I'll very quickly tell the audience, everybody thank you so much for listening and as we always say, catch you later, B cakes. <laughs> Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit Stolendress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years.
1: Big day today, Dave. Ah!
0: Stolen Dress Entertainment.
1: Hey, it's my turn. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>